You're listening to Standing Before the Mass podcast with Chris Eaton, sponsored by Newport Nautical Supply. Hi, folks. Welcome to the latest episode. Well, it's early December here in Newport, Rhode Island, and most of the boats are hauled out. Of course, there are some stragglers. We were supposed to have a holiday lighted boat parade the Friday after Thanksgiving, but a small craft advisory coupled with a gale warning caused that to be canceled. That was unfortunate, but necessary for safety and the right call by the harbor master. I know a lot of folks put in a good deal of effort into decorating their boats and were disappointed. Many had hoped for it to be just postponed by a day when the weather was predicted to be better, but that didn't happen. Well, as they say, there's always next year. Speaking of harbor masters, my guest for this episode is Ryan Rossi. Ryan is the Menemsha Harbor Master. Here are some Menemsha facts. Menemsha is a fishing village that also welcomes a limited number of recreational boaters in season. Located in the town of Chilmark on Martha's Vineyard, it is situated on the east coast of Menemsha Pond at the north end of the pond which opens up to Vineyard Sound. Some may recognize it as the home of Quint's shack in the film Jaws, where the village also served as a backdrop for a few scenes. There's a bicycle ferry that takes people and bicycles from the Menemsha side across Menemsha Creek to neighboring Aquinnah. And it's also home to the United States Coast Guard Station Menemsha, which also happened to be the last place my guest Ryan was stationed before he completed his Coast Guard career. Early on, I misspoke, and Ryan had to correct me. I mentioned a Martha's Vineyard Times article that profiled him, and I think I said he was getting his motor lifeboat certification, and that is incorrect. He was already a qualified motor lifeboat operator. He was getting his heavy weather certification. Ryan gives us all the crucial information you'll need to know about reserving your spot, and don't just show up. The fact that you really should be able to handle your boat with a high degree of competency is paramount, as there are some tricky currents and winds that can stitch you up if you're not up to the task. And I was also surprised at how many dock lines that you should have ready to deploy. Uh, Ryan gives us all that information about how they dock you in Menemsha. I thank Ryan for taking the time to share this information with, and I'll come in at the end and re-mention the links that he gives, which will be useful if you're planning a visit. I hope you enjoy. Appreciate you doing this, uh, taking the time. We had a few obstacles there. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, I guess I'll get started. Uh, you grew up on the island, right? I did, yeah. I grew up uh, actually right here in Chilmark. Mm-hmm. And then did you did you just join the Coast Guard? Because I know you had a career in the Coast Guard. Yeah. Um, so I was I was on the water my my whole life. You know, mm-hmm. growing up in Chilmark, you can't really get away from it. And uh, when I was a kid, I actually worked as a an assistant warfinger for the harbor master the harbor master who had the position before me his name was dennis jason i did one year at umass dartmouth mm-hmm. uh and quickly realized that 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 wasn't for me i went ahead and joined the coast guard back in 2007 and i i stayed with that for 10 years wow yeah i stumbled when i was going back to look for your contact information again i stumbled on an article by the mv times where you got your certification running the uh motor lifeboat I had been a motor lifeboat operator for a number of years before that, but that was my, um, my heavy weather certification. Um, I had every intention of, of making a career out of the Coast Guard. You know, I was on my way to, to becoming a surfman. I had done about half of my training out in Washington State at Cape Disappointment, the mouth mm-hmm. of the Columbia River. And 
it, you know, it was kind of just like a, a stroke of fate that I ended up being stationed back in my hometown right here in Menemsha, attained my heavy weather certificate, and then learned that the current harbor master was getting ready to retire. And then I went ahead and bought a house, had another kid and <laughs> decided we were, you know, it didn't happen as quickly as I thought it would. I ended up taking a job for uh, two years at Martha's Vineyard Shipyard as a delivery captain and a mooring servicer. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mastered to, to retire and jumped on it as soon as I could. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. That motor lifeboat training. I'm, I'm always in awe of that. I've been pinned down in the surf a couple of times and it felt like 30 seconds, but it was probably four seconds. And right. I was just amazed at how you prepped your crew for that and anything that inevitability that might come up, you know, if the boat rolled. Yeah, it's, it really is. Um, the training center out there is really just a, it's a center for excellence. And they, they really do have some of the, the most amazing boat operators in the world that mm. come out of there. One of the previous podcasts I did was with a writer for, uh, well, she's written for a number of publications and she had the opportunity. The Coast Guard never really let anyone in to see their training. But in this case, it was the first opportunity. I don't know if it was rescue swimmers or just Coast Guard training in general. And she was just in awe. And she described it in, in the podcast, how impressive they train people. So you've got a solid yeah. background there. Are you your own department as a harbor master or do you? I work for the town of Chomark. I work under the board of selectmen of the town of Chomark. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, you know, any harbor master in the state of Massachusetts has to be appointed under under the state, the uh, Harbor Masters Training Council of Massachusetts. Oh, wow. um, so to actually be a harbor master in the state, uh, there's a number of requirements. One being you have to be a graduate of the Harbor Masters Academy at Mass Maritime. And then um, uh, one of the recent, more recent certifications that's come up in the last few years is you have to be a graduate of the Massachusetts Reserve Intermittent Police Academy. Both of those things, both of those requirements were waived for me because uh, I had prior maritime law enforcement training from the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Charleston, South Carolina through the Coast Guard. Mm -hmm. And then all of maritime training that I received just from the 10 years of being in. So those two things, I was given permanent exemptions for both of those requirements from the training council. So it was nice not to have to get hired and then ship out to school for for a few months. Right. I guess that leads to one of my other questions is in your role as harbor master, do you have law enforcement powers? I do. Yeah. So any harbor master in the state of Massachusetts basically has the same law enforcement authority as an environmental police officer. It's mm -hmm. certainly not as much, you know, I don't carry a firearm. This is a, this is a small family oriented place. There are certain harbor masters who do conduct law enforcement on a daily basis. Some of the larger places like Boston and Plymouth, but you know, a small, small place like this, we don't carry out much law enforcement. We do, we do enforce the state and local laws, but if we actual, you know, real law enforcement to be conducted in the harbor, we usually call out to either the Coast Guard the local police department or to uh, the environmental police officers that we have in the area. Right. And of course you've got coast guard right there behind you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How many staff do you oversee? Is it just yourself? Uh, from uh, in the winter time, it, it's just me. I, be, I become in the off season, more of a project manager. You know, I'm, I'm sending out all the different contracts that we have for our 52 residential slips and our 200 residential moorings that get completed over the winter. 
I organize all of the pile driving and dock building projects, all the dredging projects and, and any of the uh, infrastructure projects that need to be done over the off season. But from Memorial Day through the end of August, I have a staff of five that I oversee. And that breaks down. Usually four of them are kids that are you know, mass maritime cadets or college age kids, and, and they end up going back to school in the fall. And it's usually myself and an assistant harbor master until Columbus Day weekend. And that's uh, usually the end of the fishing derby that we have annually here. And oh, yeah. um, we usually shut down the harbor to transient activity after that. And then it's just myself for the rest of the year. How many vessels and what, what sort of vessels do you have for uh, you know, patrol or work? Uh, we have a 20-foot maritime skiff that we mm-hmm. actually had built a couple of years ago up at Chislet Marine in, in uh, New Hampshire. It's a great, great asset, and it's perfect for what we need here. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have Coast Guard motor lifeboats and their sh- shallow water response boat right there in case we need them. And then we also have an agreement with the town of Aquina, who's our, our neighboring town, who has a couple other vessels that we kind of share our mm-hmm. assets back and forth basis. And what sort of area are you responsible for? I mean, my knowledge of Menemsha is, you know, the sort of the bite there and then coming into the harbor and then, but you've got the whole pond and Creek as well. Right. So I oversee Menemsha Harbor, Menemsha Bite, Menemsha Creek, Menemsha Pond, which goes back into Nashaquitza Pond and Stonewall Pond. And Mm -hmm. then there's also two ponds that I don't have access to via boat, which is Stonewall Pond and uh, Chilmark Pond. Mm. I don't see a lot of activity in those uh, last two areas. That's mostly the shellfish constable who's who's in there a lot more than I am. What's the the sort of mix? I saw there's commercial fishing boats in Menemsha. What's the mix and interaction with between them and recreational? How does that blend? Right. So Menemsha historically is is a commercial fishing port, and um, we really we really try to keep it that way and preserve that history. We do a lot work with uh, the Martha's Vineyard Commercial Fishermen's Preservation Trust uh, Mm -hmm. to make sure that uh, we can see a a future for for young commercial fishermen. Uh, We we really want to keep that alive. You know, Menemsha supplies just about every restaurant around the island with with fresh seafood, especially during the height of the tourist season. That's what people want to see. They want to see fresh Menemsha local seafood. And they're expanding that as well. They're starting to ship things off island and to Mm -hmm. New York and Boston all over the place. So that's our biggest focus. But three or four months out of the year, we also have a very large transient vessel occupancy. So we have 17 transient slips. We have 150 foot linear dock for transient vessels uh, that can raft on. We have about 350 feet of dock space for larger vessels up to 120 feet in length. And then we have two moorings inside the harbor that we raft two sailboats apiece on or three sailboats apiece on. And we have eight moorings right outside of Menemsha Beach in, in Menemsha Bite. Right. When I worked as an assistant harbor master in Newport, basically it was first come, first serve. And folks would just contact us on the radio. And for the most part, we referred people to either Old Port Marine or whoever has commercial moorings. And then, then the city would take some. How do people contact you? Or is it strictly radio or? Uh, in years past, before I was hired, it was uh, it was sort of that first come first serve basis where you, you would call at 7 a.m. in the morning and try to reserve yourself a spot. If you could get it, you could stay for up to two weeks. Um, when I came on, I, I made a change to that. I uh, got on board with Dakwa, 
Ah. So we do advanced reservations. Uh, you can book online or you can call the office and we'll schedule a, a reservation for you over the phone. We have, you know, moorings and slips available. So, you know, switching to Docwa was definitely a great thing for us. It, it certainly increased our occupancy, mm. you know, tenfold. A bit of modernization there. <laughs> do yeah. You, yeah. So as a result of that, you're able to process credit cards, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, we basically do almost all credit card transactions. We will accept cash, but... I think in the last three years, I've maybe done two, two cash transactions for Transient. Do you have um, pump out facilities there? We do. Yeah, we have a shoreside pump out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have different locations. We have one right in front of the Harbor Master's office, and then we have a couple of uh, of hydrants along what we call the Dutcher Dock bulkhead. So we have pump outs anytime. Granted, we have you know we're not too busy or have anything else going on. We prefer to do them in the morning or in the afternoon, especially during the height of summer, as midday can get a little hectic. So yeah, sometimes it's tough to pump out. Did COVID change anything for you in terms of operation, uh, your procedures, how you deal with the public? So I only had one year COVID-free. Uh, after that, you know, COVID sort of hit in that second winter. So a lot of prep work went into what we were going to do. And that was back when nobody really knew what was going to happen. We didn't know whether or not we were going to reopen the Harbor Mm. to invite people into, into the town. So we basically just followed the state guidelines and the guidance that was written by the department of, I think it was the department of environmental affairs that put out guidance for recreational boating businesses. Mm. I wouldn't say it much. I mean, everyone was wearing masks. You know, we put up signage to to make sure that people wore masks on the dock and and to you know to kind of stay on their own boats. But I'll tell you what, the the first season during what that when after COVID hit was exponentially busier than anything I'd seen in my lifetime here. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like everybody out and bought a boat. Um, <laughs> a few of them knew how to use them, but. They, they, pretty crazy yeah what advice would you give to a recreational boater planning to make a a trip to menemsha yeah so like i said we take reservations on dakwa we start start taking reservations every year on may 1st at 10 Mm a.m and then we allow boats into the harbor the friday of memorial day weekend it's extremely competitive on may 1st at 10 (laughs) a.m i always say because Last year, we had, I think we had 500 reservations in the first minute, reservation requests. Wow. Um, definitely a competitive place to get into. But, you know, we still, we have cancellations and we take reservations all through the season. So sure. but I always tell people, get on there quickly if you, if you want to, especially like 4th of July weekend. If you're not in the first day, forget about it. But for people coming into the harbor, the way that our slips are set up, they're back in between freestanding pilings, um, most of them back up to a floating dock. So I would, I would say make sure that you have at least six dock lines when you come. There is a strong cross current. It's not, it's not a great place for a novice boater to try to tie up, especially mm. in a strong wind. And then if you're requesting a mooring from us, just know that the two inner harbor moorings that we have are for sailboats only. We do raft three sailboats apiece. Uh, so don't be surprised if you have a couple of neighbors close to you when you when you get in. And if we do have to book you on an outer harbor mooring, if you're a power vessel or, or the inner harbor moorings are taken, we will let you know. But those moorings are exposed to anything but a southerly blow and they can get a little bit uncomfortable. Hmm. So if if that is that's not your cup of tea, I wouldn't wouldn't really recommend it. All right. 
I see some, uh, just in closing, I see some fishing poles above your head. Are you a avid fisherman as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those things you can't really get away from growing up in, in chill markets. Sure. You either fish or <laughs> you move somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the fresh seafood uh, from Menemption. People want to see it on the menu. A couple of years ago, I was snowboarding out at Park City and we went to a restaurant and the waitress said, would you like to hear our fresh seafood special? And I said, no, <laughs> not in Park City, Utah. No offense to friends in Park City, but right. Uh, well, anyway, thanks. I appreciate all that information. Is there a, a website someone could refer to? Does the town have a website that gives harbor yeah. information? So it's www.chillmarkma.gov. And then you can uh, access the Harbor Master section of the website through there. Uh, we have all of our contact information. There's a write up about Menemsha Harbor. And the Chilmark waterways, you know, there's links to a NOAA chart. Um, there's links there to weather apps. And um, there's a link to DACWA to make a reservation. Um, so if anybody wants to visit, you can also message the Harbor Master through that website. Um, and it'll come straight to my email if anyone has any questions. Right. Great. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah. Take care. Have a good day. Well, there you have it. Straight from Ryan Rossi, the Menemsha Harbor Master. All the information you'll need to plan a successful visit to Menemsha if you ever decide to do so. The link he mentioned, I'll repeat it again, is chillmarkma.gov slash harbormaster. So that's C-H-I-L-M-A-R-K-M-A dot G-O-V forward stroke harbormaster. And the other link, uh, which also appears on that page, is the DOCWA link, which is D-O-C-K-W-A dot com. And if you already have the DOCWA app on your smartphone, I imagine it's just a matter of simply finding it. I will probably have one more podcast uh, that I hope to get out either before Christmas or in between Christmas and New Year's. That'll be the last one of the year. And then I'm excited. I've got some great prospects for the upcoming year with some more interesting interviews. I've gotten a lot of feedback on one particular episode, which was John Taft on rum running. And that one actually has surpassed uh, all other downloads by quite a wide margin. So that was a fascinating topic, and that's probably the direction that I'll be going with more experts such as John with some exciting historical events and things like that. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to Standing Before the Mass podcast with Chris Heaton, sponsored by Newport Nautical Supply. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.